0: Guys, I've been away for five months. It's been five months. Like, time is, is non-existent where I live. It's really weird. So I see a lot of new faces, so I'm going to give, like, a very brief testimony of what I used to do here and then what I'm doing now. So for those who don't know, my name is Peter. Uh, I was a worship leader and youth, youth pastor here at Steel City Church. I was worship leading for six years, and in that six years, for three of those years, I was youth pastor. And, uh, and it was definitely something I never thought I would ever do. I never thought I would ever step into a role of youth leading, ever. <laughs> but there was a need that needed to be filled, and I was like, I can do that. Uh, and that's essentially how we should live our Christian life, is if there's a need and we have the ability to fill it, we should. So why am I not here? Uh, so there's a there is a camp called Arrowhead Bible Camp. It's down in Brackney, Pennsylvania. It's about three and a half hours away. We go our church goes twice a year uh, as a work group. And we essentially we, we do prog- we do projects, you know, we if there's campers, we minister to campers, things like that, and just basically do whatever the camp needs to be done and uh and ben well my director but at the time uh was a friend ben uh uh, he approached me last may and was like hey you want a job and i was like uh nope (laughs) (laughs) i i i nope (laughs) basically was my initial like my my first initial uh thought but i was like i'll give it some time and and i'll i'll pray about it and about a month went by, uh, I was praying and I was seeking the Lord, and I was like, God, I don't know what to do, oh, um, because it, it's not necessarily something that you've called me to, it seems like I would be taking, quote unquote, taking a step below what I was doing here. And, and then that's when God kind of slapped me upside the face, and he's like, that's not what it's about. And he said, come follow me. And I accept the job, and I've been working there five months now. <laughs> so it's crazy how, uh, how fast time flies when you're having fun. So that's what I used to do, and that's what I'm doing now. So now I'm the operations manager there, and I, uh, and I basically do any and all projects and fix anything that needs to be fixed. So I say all that to say this. Uh, what I do is hard, is very, very hard. Uh, and I don't see a lot Of the stuff that goes on especially with counselors because our main focus is ministering to people with disabilities and so we have counselors who will come in the summer and literally work 24-7 ministering to five like there's one camp there's one I'm sorry one counselor to five campers in the summer that's a lot and each one has their own special need they're not all the same they're all different just like you and me they're all different and and that's hard. Basically, being a caretaker for how many weeks? Seventeen weeks in the summer? In the summer? Was seven weeks in the summer, or or so it's a lot. And they're the same people, same people. And so my job is basically I get to sit back and I get to watch them do that, and I, and and I get to but I get to see what goes on and how hard it is. And even my job's hard because you know I'll get calls at late of the night like, "Hey, the toilet's clogged." Oh, well, There's another one. Is it the same bathroom again? <laughs> and but that's essentially what I do is I'm I'm on I'm on call pretty much most of the time in the summer. But in in, in the winter months now it's uh, it's a little more laid back. So camp is hard. So when I when I when, when, when God said when Jesus said, "Come follow me," I didn't necessarily know what that meant. And. I did. I know, I know when God says follow, follow that means everything. We follow him with everything we have. But I didn't know the hardship that what would come with it. So, to the point where I would be constantly spiritually attacked, I would, the enemy would attack me with doubts and lies that I did not hear from God. I started to feel like a wanderer, like, God, why am I here? This, this is not what why I believe that you call me to. I'm not, I'm not leading people every week. In worship, in, in worship, I'm not leading students anymore. What? Wh- why am I here, God? I started to realize that you know, as, as the months progressed, that, the, that truly I believe that my identity was in what I was doing and not who he called me to be, and that is a child of God. So essentially I was putting my good works over if God says, come follow me, that means anything, whether it's, what you want to do or what you do want to do, it does not matter. Uh, he says, come follow me. And I got to say, it's really weird not like worshiping every week. Like I, like I, So we've been going to, me and Summer have been going to what's called City Church in uh, Binghamton, New York. And it is very weird for me since I've been leading and worshiping here for so long. It's very weird to sit in the seats. Because I'm, it's the constant busyness, going, 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 doing, 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 fixing, 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 to the point where God revealed it to me this way. Uh, is he, re, he, he reminded me of the story of Mary and Martha, and how Martha was going and doing, 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 and all this stuff, and then Mary was just sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to him, just listening, listening, to the point where Mary, uh, Martha comes in and says, Hey, Jesus, tell her to do stuff. She's not doing enough. Uh, and, then, and then he says, No, that's not the point. So the Lord was showing me what it, may, what it means to be married and just sitting at his feet and resting in his presence. And then also in this decision to come has come very many blessings, financial blessings. I've met Summer, er, uh, so many blessings that I can't even count. But all of this happened and is still happening because of one simple factor, obedient. When you are obedient to the Lord, hardship does come, but so much joy and peace also comes. So in these five months, there are two things that the Lord has been challenging me on, even in the midst of all this stuff going on, is what does it mean to follow Jesus? And do I love my flesh more than God? And a little thing here, what does it mean to follow Jesus? In Scripture, we can find multiple answers to this question, but as I've read and studied Scripture, I found one main answer. That is, to follow Jesus requires that you have to surrender your whole life. In Luke 5, 1 through 11... And this is when, uh, when Jesus called uh, us, Peter. Now it happened that while the crowd was pressing around him and listening to the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Genesaret, and he saw two boats lying at the edge of the lake. But the fishermen who had gotten out of them, sorry, but the fishermen had gotten out of them and were washing their nets. And he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's or Peter's. And asked him to put out a little distance from land. And he sat down and continued teaching the crowds from the boat. And now now when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep waters and let down your nets for a catch. Simon responded and said, Master, we worked all night and caught nothing, but I will do as you say and let down the nets. And when they had done this, they caught a great quantity of fish and their nets began to tear So they signaled their partners in in the other boats to come and help them. And they came and and filled both of the boats to the point where they were sinking. But when Simon Peter saw this, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For amazement had seized him and all of his companions because of the catch of fish which they had taken. And likewise also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not fear. From, from now on, you'll be catching people. When they had brought their boats to the land, they left everything and followed him. <laughs> and I and I and I, I love this, I love this scripture because I I believe it gives a pretty clear picture of how established Peter's business business was. Having partners, companions, but then Jesus kind of says something that's a little out of pocket. Have no fear, from now on you will fish for people or fish for men. And then without hesitation, without question, Simon surrendered his whole life, his established business, friends, family, etc., to follow Jesus. That is exactly what Jesus asked me and you to do on a daily basis. For myself, it meant leaving my established ministries and positions As a worship leader, youth pastor, audio engineer, and so much more, all for the simple yet very hard answer to follow Jesus requires that you have to surrender your whole life. And let's go to Luke 9.23. So keep this in mind, this idea that you have to surrender your whole life to Jesus in order to follow him. So Luke 9.23 says, And he was saying to all of them, If anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself, Take up his cross daily and follow me. I'm going to read that again. If anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself. Take up his cross daily and follow me. In this moment when Jesus says, come follow me, whether we are in Christ or not, we have to make a decision. Do I love God more than my flag? Jesus' command to take up your cross and follow me is a call of self-abasement and self-sacrifice. One must be willing to die in order to follow Jesus. Denying himself is an absolute surrender to God. And this scripture reminds me of, um, of a time. So not just uh, being an operations manager, I've had the opportunity to go on recruiting trips for our staff at, at camp. And we were, when we were there, we were recruiting for our staff. Uh, we set up our tables, and I'm looking at all, and these are a bunch of different camps from all over the state and, and i 'm I'm looking up and down i 'm walking around i 'm looking at everything and and each one had a very similar um, had a very similar uh, like i guess vision mission if you will but the premise of it was fun that was like their main thing that they were recruiting for it 's fun it's fun it's fun it's fun you know we do this we have we have rock cl- rock climbing we have zip zip lining all this stuff and i 'm sitting there and i 'm like lord if Anyone knew what I do, what, what our staff does. They would not want to to come to our camp. And it's and, and when and when I realized that, then I was thinking about like how like we as as Christ followers are still when when Jesus says, "Come follow me," it's hard, and we don't lean that way sometimes because of that simple fact that it is hard, because there are still probably things in our life where we're like, no, I'm going to hold on to that. I'm going to hold on to that with a tight grip because I want an easy life. I want it to be easy, and I just want to, like, coast by. All right. But following Jesus is not a quick fix to our problems. It's a process. That's why we don't follow him. We don't follow him because, oh, all this stuff will go away. I don't have to deal with any of this stuff. No, 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 no. We follow him because we want to look more and more like Christ. Sanctification is a process. But then I was still thinking about this idea of, like, how many people, even those in Christ, if they had the opportunity to follow Jesus, how many would say no? That hurt. That hurt. Because I was like, God, that, that's a lot of people. I've, I've seen those people. <laughs> I've met them. Um, and Luke 14, 25, 33 is a great example of that. Now great crowds accompanied him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father, And mother, and wife, and children, and brothers and sisters. Yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. And now Jesus isn't literally meaning hating your own father and mother physically. He's saying, "Is where is your heart at? Are your friends? Are your family? Are your businesses? Are your friends? Everything is that over me or is that under me?" And again, coming back to this this idea of do I do I love God more than my flesh? Do I hate my own life more than I humility, 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 humbling myself before Christ and saying, God, I want to serve you, I want to follow you, I don't like where I was anymore. It it just led me to eternal death and and uh, and nothing, and I had no purpose in life. But now you've you said you've called me higher and saying, I have a place for you, I have purpose for you. Come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And again, something else that Jesus says, continuing on with the scripture, er, about counting the cost in 28, for which of you desires to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it will begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish, or what king going out to encounter another king in war will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who come against him with 20,000? And if not, while the other is yet a great ways off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot. God wants one hundred. Percent, and actually a um, a uh, sermon I heard recently, it was re- it was it was it was really good, <laughs> and it was basically about how God requires 100 percent, and and it's just like this idea of uh, those who are in a in a marriage, if you were to say I'm only gonna love you 99.99 percent or 364 days out of the year, but this one day I'm not gonna love you and I'm gonna be with somebody else, no, God requires 100 percent unconditional love. He wants everything. And another great example of this, of how God requires everything, is in Luke 18, 18 through 30. Is everybody with me? Yeah. Awesome. A ruler questioned him saying, good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? But Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not give false testimony, honor your father and mother. And he said, all these things I've kept since my youth. And now now when Jesus heard this, he said to him, one thing you still lack, sell all your possessions and distribute the money to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven, and come follow me. But when he heard heard these things, he became very sad, for he was extremely wealthy. And Jesus looked at him and said, how hard is it for those who are wealthy to enter the kingdom of God? For it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this said, and so who can be saved? But he said, the things that are impossible with God, I'm sorry, the things that are impossible with people are possible with God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I just find it interesting how, the, uh, the, ru- the ruler says, well, I've kept all these things since my youth. It's because he had one slight misconception and that in order to keep the law is what saved him. But that's not what Jesus is saying. He says, you can keep the law, you can do all that, but that does not get you into eternal life. Following me and denying yourself and following me is what gets you to eternal life. Because let's face it, we can't keep the law. We can't. It's impossible. It's impossible. And going back to those who heard him say, those who heard him said, and so who can be saved? No one. Because following the law is impossible. But it is possible with God. Because I can't save myself, you can't save yourself. The law can't save you. But guess who can save you? Jesus. And that's why he says, come follow me because I am the one who's going to save you. It's not your own works. It's not your own doing. It's not your own lust of the flesh or any of that stuff. Of It is me. And it is possible because there was a sacrifice. Because Jesus came, he died, and he rose again on the third day. He beat death in the grave. And that is what makes it possible to follow God, to, to commune with him, to be with him, is because he took all of our sin, all of our shame on the cross. So I say all this stuff, all these things and there was a question there was a question that I wrote down so what makes Jesus what makes following Jesus worth it for this very very amazing point it's because that was supposed to be me and you on the cross we were the ones who were supposed to die he took our place so that we can have a personal intimate, intimate relationship with God so why wouldn't I want to surrender my whole life to him just for that simple fact that he took our place and actually it's very interesting if you look at uh um, when uh, they called for Barabbas instead of Jesus, you know, we were all Barabbas. And I, and I just remembered this. So we were all Barabbas at one point in our life before Christ. And he took our place to where we can walk away and we can look and be like, well, that's supposed to be me. Why, why am I not dying? I'm the murderer. I'm the sinner. I'm the one who uh, spat in your face Jesus. But no, he said, nope, your debt is paid. So that is what makes following Jesus worth it. And then, Chloe, I really, really loved your point, and I actually wrote it down. God is worth losing all your friends. He's worth losing your friends, family, your business. Just like with Peter, going back to Luke 5, 1 through 11, he gave up everything. His business, his his friends, family, where his next paycheck was going to come from, because he says, I love you, Jesus, and you are worth following because you took my place. Just like, a, um, just like a knight surrenders an oath to, to a king and say, I will die for you. So that's the hope today, is that that was supposed to be me, me and you on that cross. And he said, your debt has been paid, now come follow me. You have a new, you have a new, you have a new heart, you have a new name, you have a new life. Come follow me, and I'll make you faithful. Amen.